We've already questioned motorists who witnessed the accident, and it wasn't your husband's fault, Mrs. Dollinganger, that voice continued on without emotion. According to the accounts, which we've recorded, there was a motorist driving a blue Ford weaving in and out of the left-hand lane, apparently drunk, and he crashed head-on into your husband's car. But it seems your husband must have seen the accident coming, for he swerved to avoid a head-on collision. But a piece of machinery had fallen from another car, or truck, and this kept him from completing his correct defensive driving maneuver, which would have saved his life. But... As it was, your husband's much heavier car turned over several times, and still he might have survived, but an oncoming truck, unable to stop, crashed into his car, and again the Cadillac spun over, and then it caught on fire. <laughs> What's that from? Is it CSI? Don't leave that in. That's a dumb joke. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> uh, leave do, leave in a, her saying it's a dumb joke. Can I do a punch, <laughs> can I do a punch up? Okay, try it. What's a better What's a better joke to do there? <laughs> can I do a better Can I do a punch up where I tell a better joke, but you guys uh, feed me? We're the talking line? about someone's death. There's nothing funny about it. No, it's the description of it is so fucking fucked. No, I know, I know. <laughs> Whatever. It's what's... just It's just way too detailed. Like I would picture if I were at home and a police officer when they're showing my door. up to your house to tell yeah. you like the blow by blow. I would expect them to be like Mrs. Farrow. Number one, are you married to an ending Blake Walker? Because you guys have two different last names, so we don't know. <laughs> and it's very confusing for us to understand. <laughs> anyway, um, imagine this, I imagine them coming up and just saying, we lost there's him. been an accident. Yeah. There was a car accident. Your husband died. I don't expect them to go into like this. this so he could detail. have made it if there wasn't this other crazy thing that happened. And then yeah, it, it was also it, it lit on fire and his uh, know, body burned to death. You know what this reminds me of? Because I just watched Final Destination 2 this morning. <laughs> it totally reminds me of the car accident that opens up that movie. Yeah. Where it's just this chain of events because a log rolls off a logger's truck and smashes into the cop car behind him. And then like. Every other car reacts to that, but it's just this is just in such vivid detail. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I mean, we, we should have had could have been we safe. should have had an officer on the show uh, as as our guest, so we could uh, ask them. Hey, so when you're informing next of kin, how specific do you get about the grisliness of the death? <laughs> like- Welcome to another episode of Are You There Pod. It's me, Jessica. It's me, Josh. And what do we do on this podcast, Josh? Uh, we uh, we discuss a classic young adult, possibly, literature book or books that are loved by young adults. And what's the book we're doing today? V.C. Andrews' Flowers in the Attic. Is that technically a YA book? Uh no, but uh, the youth certainly have clung to it and think it is. So that's us. That's yeah. the youth. <laughs> and we are. Uh, we always have our finger on the pulse of what the kids are into mm-hmm. and what the kids are up to. So yeah, uh, that's us. We're, we're it. <laughs> uh, it's Fortnite. It's Cardi B. What is Twitch? What is uh, Twitch? What's TikTok? I think Twitch and TikTok are applications where you can see people play video games on your own computer screen I can, can i don't I, think that's what tiktok is can, but okay can i pay someone so i can watch them uh maybe i i pay 15 dollars a month let's say so i can watch someone play final fantasy let if, me tell you about a guy named ninja <laughs> <laughs> uh he's richer than you'll ever be you you don't know the good things i have <laughs> guys i don't want to get have good hey, things hey, in me blake hey. you don't know I don't want to buzz market Ninja. Is that supposed to be Ninja, like, leaving home? <laughs> yeah. No, that's supposed to be me talking to you. It's like Mark Wahlberg. In <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know mother. what it's fucking from. <laughs> hey, don't that, yell at us. I know that movie by heart. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, okay. Can we get back to the podcast? And okay, what? so we're doing Flowers in the Attic. You're is not. It? You didn't even read the book. Shut uh, up, By Blake. the way, producer Blake here. This is producer Blake. Hi. Uh, they, did, they did Flowers in the Attic. What was I going to say before? Before we go any further. Oh, I want to explain TikTok. (laughs) Okay, thank you. So TikTok is the weirdest website. So TikTok is a thing 
it's an app, not a website. It's it's a thing that should be for like exclusively like twelve to like fifteen year olds or whatever, where they like dance to like dumb music and like make their voices really high when they sing along. But there's also a very weird genre of middle aged people who do the same thing. And my favorite thing is uh, cops who are on duty, <laughs> like yes, <laughs> like doing these like. 15 second little TikTok. Just shot a dude, world star. <laughs> no, it's just like sing along to like a country song or sing along to a rap song. Like it's it's the weirdest thing. Anyway. Just did some br- <laughs> brutality and gonna take my horse to the old town road. Okay, back to is the subject. Is it different than Vine and any last last question? So How is it different from Vine? Vine is over. But yeah. Vines can yeah. only be eight seconds. TikToks can be longer. Oh, shit. They I changed the game up. I did not. I don't have a TikTok because I'm not uh, um, uh, a, 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 a creep. Z. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, or a boomer. But yeah, yeah you, you can you age out of it or uh, age back <laughs> yeah, into yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but sometimes I'll see people like tweet like a thread of like, Check out these twenty horrible TikToks, and then I'll just watch them all. I gotta for like, watch this shit. Man. Yeah, it's okay. it's weird. All I right, only anyway. watch them because Lindy West shares TikToks in her Instagram stories. I think if you're uh, uh, an influence, yeah, it, like if you're like someone, like an author, you have to have every social media uh, application, and so you have to have TikTok. You have yeah. to have. She just shares funny ones, like oh, not ones she makes. No, oh, no, gotcha. she shares some that I guess she finds. And- okay, if cops are doing it on the job, why not postal workers? Yes, <laughs> Blake. <laughs> See this dog right here. This dog right here. I'm about to spray it in the face with mace right in front of its owner. <laughs> oh, that's gotta hurt. He is mad. Look at this guy. He's mad. He's he did so not mad. like what I did He's to his so dog. So mad, Baba Booey. <laughs> I don't like this at all. <laughs> I don't like this new format. I'm so sorry. All right. Now we're going to talk about okay. your, bo- your little book that you did. Uh, a, a big book. It's a huge book. Well, it's huge in the literary canon of YA, in my opinion, even though it is not a YA book. It's huge in size and length. It's long. It, and uh, Jessica's holding, she has a double... Um. Uh. It's it's a two in one. Yeah. So it looks like it's it's the size of War and Peace. This is yeah. the one that is and as uh literarily important. Yeah. Well, this is it definitely is. Fuck you, Tolstoy. <laughs> this is <laughs> this is um the one that is marketed to teens with the Twilight s cover. But this is not a teen book, and we'll talk about that more later. But we're doing this because teens. When I was a kid. 80s, 90s kids, girls, we love this book. 80s, 90s girls get this. 80s, 90s girls <laughs> will get this. Um, it, it was something that I think you just saw older, cooler girls read, and you were, like, intrigued by the cover, which was not this boring Twilight ripoff cover. It was the cool, like, old, creepy mansion house with the cutout with this girl's face staring out through the window, and then you open it, and it was... It's called a die cut. It's called a keyhole cover. We've literally had this conversation on. I know. I just want three get it podcasts. I want where Blake says that we did one out of order, and now I want to get it in. in but continuity. you said it on. You I said know, it on the Jay's Journal I, podcast. I know what I did. I know. I want to. Some people didn't take hey, Blake, it to heart. I guess. Quit being a pet ant and get out of my podcast. Uh, as this as is me walking away. As uh, rap on producer Blake. These are footsteps. Okay. Uh, as a used bookstore owner, I hate those keyhole covers. Well, they rip. They, they rip tear. so easily, yeah. especially something like a V.C. Andrews book that is typically pretty well read. Mm-hmm. Passed around from girl to girl yeah. to girl. <laughs> all, all the cool girls anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the girls aspiring to be cool also uh-huh. uh, also read it. Uh, I had a die cut Wolverine comic book that was the coolest ever. And I ripped it to hell. And I was so upset that I taped it back together. That's it, my that's that's my side. It, it, it's almost impossible not to rip them. Mm-hmm. Like there was a new Murakami that came out uh, a couple years ago, and it had it had that kind of cover. And they would I would get them from Random House, and they'd already be torn. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Um, actually, they don't even they don't make them like that anymore at all. They don't make them like that anymore. <laughs> no, they don't. Well, I mean, the VC Anders, the VC Anders, they don't. don't. Yeah, because because I have uh, one of the. Newer trade paperback ones, mm-hmm. and it's and that's not... an adult version, I think. Correct? Yes, yeah, yeah. That's aimed at adults. This is... And the thing you can do when you 
aim it to adults is charge way more. That's true. <laughs> this is two books and it's eleven dollars. How much is that your one book? Baffles me. One for fourteen. Yeah. Yeah. See that and price this is difference 11. is crazy to me. That's because you want kids to be able to afford your product. Yeah. So you price it low. Because sometimes if I'm not sure if a book is young adult or adult when I get yeah. it in, you look at the price. I look at the price, and if it's a sixteen ninety nine hardcover, it's a young adult book. Well, only a sucker would buy the uh, a single adult version then. Or a person who doesn't go to the YA section to look for it because it shouldn't be it shouldn't in be YA. There. Yeah, it that's should not debatable be there. as you'll get into. We will. As we're about to debate. Uh, before we get too far, I do want to say there's a trigger warning for this episode. One, there's going to be a pedantic man who will step in with a microphone and interrupt me all the time. Most likely. Uh, maybe two. Maybe two. <laughs> <laughs> and two, uh, Due to the content of this book, we will be talking about things like rape and incest. So, uh, warning three: there's also a cat here, and he may poop again. He, awesome. he has pooped before, and he could poop again. Right now, he's napping. He's really, asleep. really cute. Yeah. So, good job, Oscar. Yeah. But can't guarantee what'll happen in twenty, thirty minutes. You might get an urge. If you already read this book, from what I understand, it's too late for you. It's too late for any warning. So sorry. Okay, anyway, Josh, before we get too far in this book, uh, you like to do a theme beer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's your theme beer for this? Uh, it is called Vacation Dad. <laughs> Can you explain that? Yeah, so the dad dies when he's he's on a business trip, not on vacation, but I... I it's hard to find business trip dad beer. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. For a, a dad who's going to die in a horrible car accident, as you've heard before, as Jessica read earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is, again, I thought I was going to very easily be able to walk in and find, like... Some kind of flowers in the attic ish beer, like something flowery, something attic y. Dead no. Father IPA. Yeah, <laughs> a, a classic, a classic IPA. Sadistic grandmother ale. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, whipping you on the back, uh, Porter. <laughs> yeah. uh, God, this is horrible. <laughs> but I. I found Vacation Dad, and I uh, got that. It's actually a really pretty can. Sorry, it doesn't taste good. It is, yeah. I don't really like it. I, I checked. It's from St. Louis, so I don't feel bad talking. If it was a local beer, I'd feel worse, like, being like, oh, this is disgusting. Yeah. Uh, so should I do a Cliff Notes version of the book? Yes. Before we get too far involved? Um, for those of you who aren't familiar, this book is the first book in V.C. Andrews' Dollenganger Saga. She likes to do sagas of families. So this is the first book. The Dollenganger family is a perfect family. They all look a lot alike, suspiciously. <laughs> Um, they're all perfect. In fact, they are so perfect. Their neighbors refer to them as the Dresden Dolls. Uh, side note, I asked Blake, hey, that's why I was reading this, guys. It's been a long time since I've read this book. I have read it a couple times before, but it's been a while. And there's a band called the Dresden Dolls. And I, I turned to Blake and I said, is there a certain type of doll that's called a Dresden Doll? Or... Is it just because this family is German and they're perfect looking and so they call them the Dresden Dolls and that's where the band got the name? Well, it's like a truncation of their last name, Dollenganger, right? Well, is, Dollenganger, Doll. So, doll for short. But they're also perfect looking. Are, are, do they hail from Dresden? Where does that part come from? I don't know because they're German. Dollenganger is a okay. German name. Okay. Well, right? I guess that, that tracks, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, so, I, so I feel really dumb. Anyway, we haven't even gotten through the plot yet. Well, I'll just say, I ready. also wikipedia Dresden Dolls. Because it's like, wait, is this where they got their name? Yeah. And it turned out, yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. it had to have I been. mean, it totally yeah. makes sense. Well, I wasn't sure if it was a reference to something else. Yeah. You know, like if in the book, they're calling them well, the Dresden Dolls. Well, that's what I was, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I was I'm like, are there? Completely yeah. Completely with you. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So, back to the the... The Cliff Notes version of the plot. Um, Their father is a traveling business person. He gets in a wreck and dies. Um, Vacation dad. After that, they learn that their entire life is a lie. They actually do have living relatives. And their mom takes them back to live with their grandparents. Unbeknownst to them, they are going to be tucked away in an attic for, what, one to two days tops? Mm -hmm. Yeah, just just a bit. Yeah, just Just, a bit. I'm just going to work it out. Yeah, while their mother appeals to their grandfather for forgiveness for what they learn later is marrying her half-uncle and running away with him. Because she wants that money. She wants to be written into the family will. Their family is like, what, the richest family in Virginia? They're going to have jewels they're gonna have the finest cars they're gonna have silks and furs and the best cars they just have to get through one or two days in an attic 
Then you get those jewels and those silks. Yeah, definitely. Well, Cotton robes. Let's just say that one to two days turns into three years. <laughs> These kids go through puberty. These kids... Start smooching. Well, okay. These kids um, are neglected. They are abused. They are tortured by a sadistic grandmother. Their mother is gallivanting, doing tours of Europe. She gets remarried. So disappears for months at a time to be mm-hmm. like, I'll be right back, kids. And then like three months later, she'll Going be like, to I the just, store to buy cigarettes. But, but, and she'll be like, I just got back from Europe three months later. With all these gifts. Here's some so presents. Many gifts. Why yeah. don't you like my little present I gave you? Yeah. Why are you mad at me? So um, eventually, as time passes, the twins seem to be getting sicker and sicker, especially one of them who becomes so sick that they call their grandmother in. Grandmother comes against the twin. He dies. Just to give you a quick rundown, they decide they must escape. They must escape now. Um, at, by this point, Chris has fashioned a key. He has been sneaking out and stealing money and other things that they can pawn. After Corey dies, they have to leave faster than they thought, and they make their final escape. Before Corey dies, there are more secrets that are revealed, but we'll talk about that later as we go on in the podcast. So, Josh. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's what happens. Yeah. So what did you, that was kind of a little bit longer than my normal Cliff Notes version. So if you listened to our earlier podcast, they were like three sentences because those books had no plot. It's just you being like, Alice does drugs, Alex, uh, uh, Alice dies. Yeah. I mean, that was basically that book. So this book is much more in the, uh, because it is for adults and not children. There's a lot more stuff going on in it than I think the normal things that we'll be discussing probably on future episodes. And this very. Yeah. Yeah. Very melodramatic, very... These aren't uh, the girls of the Saddle Ranch Club. No, yeah. they are not. These are not the girls of the, the Babysitter's Club. Am I, I think so. Am I saying Saddle Ranch? Okay. I never read those. I, I was. Think, I think they were probably later. I was not a horse girl. Not a horse girl. No. <laughs> so. Um, that's, that's something I would like every uh, woman to state in her bio on, <laughs> online. Just, if you're a horse girl or not. Like, I'm not judging either way. Just like, horse girl. It should girl. just be a checkbox. Horse <laughs> girl, not a horse girl. Hey, honestly, if you're a horse girl... Put in your profile picture. I need to see you in a riding uh, cap on a horse. My friend Casey's a horse girl. Yeah. So horse girl. Yeah. So I know horse girls, but I'm not a horse girl. You're not a horse girl. Yeah. Look, some of my best friends are horse girls, okay? (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's true. But this is not a book about horse girls. This is a book about attic girls and And attic boys. boys. Yeah. Attic children. (laughs) Let's just not. Yeah. Yeah. So, Josh, what did you think of this book as a first-timer to the world of V.C. Andrews? I really liked it. I love this book so much. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. And revisiting it, it was seriously like going back to like 13-year-old Jessica who was sneak reading this because mom was like, I don't think you should be reading those books. Walks to Marshfield Library, finds books, takes home. And you're like, Mom, the cool girls are reading it. Yeah, they totally are. Um but yeah, it brought me back to like laying in my bed, like late at night reading this book, like just devouring it feverishly. Flashlight, blanket over your head, just like <laughs> hiding away. No, I was a night out. Uh, I stayed up late all the time. My mom never came in and checked on me. Mm-hmm. I I never stayed up late reading, but I would stay up late watching Conan O'Brien as a kid and would throw, once I got a TV in my room when I was like 13, would throw the blanket over, put little headphones in. Just, <laughs> just you just with watch. your blanket thrown over you. And then I would stay up through uh, the show after that. I can't remember what it was, but on Friday nights it was a music video show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You remember that one? Then if I was still yeah. up, I just turn over to the box and catch some music videos. Yeah, uh, I didn't do that till high school, and this was probably pre. I was probably in sixth or seventh grade when I read these books, so I was not. I didn't have a TV in my room, and I wasn't watching. Did you read in. all like the entire? Like, yeah, saga? I read them okay. all. I think over a summer. But probably it was probably only a couple of weeks over the summer. But I remember staying up to like the wee hours of the morning trying to get through these books. I loved them. That was like me freshman year of high school, but Harry Potter or freshman year of college where I started reading them. And I was like, these are so good. <laughs> it's very cool in college. <laughs> I did that to my tell. freshman year, too. So don't worry about it. OK. OK. Um, well, basically, I mean, where do we want to start with this? What do you want to talk about? Uh, what was I going to ask you? What did you think of it as a as a kid? Oh, I loved it. I mean, I thought it was, I don't know. what <laughs> I don't want to say romantic at all because it wasn't. I remember I just had never read anything like it. Mm-hmm. I was going from 
Babysitter's Club, Goosebumps, Fear Street. And a, I was also reading Stephen King, which is a totally different world than this, too. Um, and Dean Arcoon's books that my mom had. So moving from that to this is just a totally different genre and totally different style of writing. And the con- it was like it was bonkers to me to just imagine being locked in an attic, which actually seemed like heaven to me because I hated school. <laughs> <laughs> you, they, I, they got that TV up there. They got that TV. They, they could TV. just watch TV. They were fine. They had TV and books. Like, what else do you need? Yeah. But like, to me, it was just like, I hated school. I was tormented. People were horrible to me. Uh, so not having to go to school sounded great. But I also just, you know, I thought the mother was evil. To me, there was no shades of gray at the time mm-hmm. when I was a kid. Right. Yeah, yeah. It was like. Because there's not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, there was bad and good. Yeah. Mom, grandmother, grandfather, evil. Chris and Kathy, good. As an adult reading this, you're just like. Chris, you suspect. Chris is not good. <laughs> um, I also identified a lot with Kathy. She was very angry, which I was too a lot <laughs> as a child. And you didn't see that a lot in books um, that are targeted towards young readers where a female protagonist is allowed to be angry and the, yell. The, the babysitters didn't get didn't get uh, mad and uh, vent their rage. I guess I don't remember that. The, I doubt it. <laughs> Without having read them. <laughs> I don't remember any scenes. Maybe they scolded a few kids. I'm just... Uh, Maybe they they're quit trashing talking to a each room other. At a, at a, uh, in one of the houses they're babysitting at. Yeah, I don't think that ever happens. Okay. But yeah, uh, and just I... I don't know. I was just kind of... I don't, I don't want to say mesmerized by it, but there was something hypnotic about it that I loved. Um, just the creepiness of the grandmother. And That's her, how she feels about Chris. Her, There's something hypnotic about him that <laughs> Something loves. hypnotic. I love about this creepy brother of mine. <laughs> um, something about the grandmother was appealing to just how, just the whole religious mania, just her. It's very Stephen King. Mm-hmm. It's very, because uh, uh, he always has a religious fanatic in his He really very, does. Yeah. He, yeah, like he constantly does he that. He hates Christians. <laughs> no, yeah, no. Stephen King, <laughs> yes. he has quite the bugaboo about evangelicals <laughs> and uh, to a giant fault, I would say a lot of the, like in, I remember in The Mist, just like this character. I'm just like, oh, Stephen, what are you doing? Uh, but I think when I was reading this, one thing I messaged you was like, I love books when kid when pe- people are mean to kids. <laughs> <laughs> do you like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? I do. Okay. Yeah. Because that's about a man who hates kids. No, but uh, but I more mean it, and this is, I think, a thing kids like, is because when you're uh, a, a youth, <laughs> you know, you feel like the whole world is against you, mm-hmm. and you relate to these kind of exaggerated uh, versions of oppression. And the the character I think of is uh, uh, Umbridge in Order of the Phoenix. Okay. Where she is just so sadistic to Harry. And we, the, the audience, are just like, how can you be mean to Harry? We know he's good. Mm-hmm. And she's just like forcing all of these... Uh, when, do you remember the scene when she makes him like right carve into his hand, basically like yes. over and over? Mm-hmm. I loved it, <laughs> but I, I uh, well, I also loved like in Matilda, like what was the um, oh, super yeah, she's Turnbull, horrible. yeah, Turnbull, yeah, where she like at one scene, Trunchbull, Trunchbull, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, she yeah, at one she point was a torturer. She at one point picks up a little girl by her hair and spins her around and throws her. Am I correct? Yeah, because it's she was an Olympic, uh, an Olympic. Throw, disc thrower or something. Her, her, what is that? Would you throw something? <laughs> she threw stuff in throwing, the Olympics. Throwing, throwing. Yeah. Hurl, hurling. Hurling? I don't know. Like discus. Discus. Yeah. Yeah. Or javelin. No, depending, I don't Depending think on how she's throwing this child. Okay. That way. Yeah, okay. not running. Yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I like it. I like throwing a child like a javelin, though. It's, it's you need funny a running too. start. You do, you do. It's kind of hard holding a child and running like that. Get enough momentum to really get that kid out there so um anyway i I just think that's a thing that kids uh i think that's one reason why kids probably gravitate toward flowers in the attic is you identify with that and you kind of empathize with the characters because you also think everyone mom and dad are mean to me you know that kind of thing yeah and one thing i will say about this book is now reading it as an an adult who has read a lot of books it's just actually this book is very heavy handed. 
There's, there is so much. Can confirm. There is so much foreshadowing of everything. There's foreshadowing of the mother and father incest story mm-hmm. with the fact that all the children and their parents look so much alike. Like that's emphasized a lot at the beginning of the book. Um, there's also an emphasis later on. I think Kathy and Chris are having a conversation and it's basically like, well, you can't control who you love, even <laughs> if you're related, you know, like um, as a child, I never would have maybe caught that. Mm-hmm. And as an adult, I did obviously <laughs> like it's just way out there um, amongst other things I caught as an adult. Um, did you have any sympathy whatsoever for the grandmother later? The grandmother later, yes. For the mother ever. <sighs> At least in this book, did you ever have sympathy not knowing what we know later? Right. I would say the grandmother more so later for some reason. Uh, the mother, not really. In this book. In this book. Yeah. I think the mother is the bigger villain. <laughs> Oh, no, she is. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely the bigger villain. She is very selfish, very conniving, very I mean, manipulative. She's, she's murdering her children so she can get money. Yeah, she's not not good. <laughs> no. Well, we don't know that at first. At first, right. you think it might be the grandmother. We assume it. it's the grandmother. Yeah. Because the grandmother has been vindictive to these kids. And she's the one who brings them the food. Right. So in your mind, well, it's her that's killing the kids. But we already don't trust the mother. Mm-hmm. Right. Just because of the way she's behaving, right? I guess it depends upon your point of view. Are you a Christopher who will defend your mother no matter what is happening? Or are you a Kathy who every time who your mother comes up... open? Every time your mother comes up is like, when we get out of here? When we get out of here? What about, is he dead yet? When are we getting out of here? <laughs> mom, mom, we've been up here for three months. Mom, please. And the mother's just like, you're just like me. I hate you. Basically. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I, I don't know... Uh, what does she expect these kids to do? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I don't like this mother. No. Well, I don't think anyone likes a mom. Did you like her at first, though? Or even from the she beginning? Seemed, where you well, not at the like very her. beginning, she seems kind of sympathetic. Like, when she's putting them up there, like, okay, it'll be two days. I'm going to uh, quick uh, convince my parents to love me again. Get me in that will. Bring you downstairs. We're going to be rich, rich, rich. Yeah. Then, okay. It's just those periods when she's disappearing for a long time and the grandmother is like starving the children that I am much less sympathetic to, to Ma. So were there any um, particular rules that the grandmother had that made you lull? Okay, so the grandmother comes (laughs) up. After the kids get there, they meet their grandmother. She's very stern. She scares them. She's got a rule or two. The next morning, she comes up with their basket of food, and she lays down the rules, which makes you think, hmm, I don't think these kids are going to be here for just one day. <laughs> but the kids are just like, okay, whatever. It's one or two days. They're already locked in an attic, and then they have an additional set of rules as well. Also, they're getting yes. a basket of food, like the grandmother in Little Red Riding Hood. Yeah. You know what I mean? like, and this it's is going to last you. Well, you- it's very um, fairy tale like the whole book. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, it's like a very gothy fairy tale. <laughs> Um, but yeah, the grandmother comes up every day with their food, which is usually like lukewarm soup, which Kathy complains about the whole time, which I don't blame her, in a thermos. Um, sandwiches. Uh, I complain about like that. cold eggs and bacon. It's, it's like gross cold food every day that they get. And then eventually they get those powdered donuts, which they're <laughs> excited about, but we'll come back to that later. But the grandmother comes back the next morning and she lays down some rules. Were there any particular rules... That stood out to you that the grandmother laid down. I do not have my copy with me, but most of them are funny. To me. They really <laughs> like, were. Because they were so specific that it's leading these kids to do these things. Well, exactly. It's kind of like when your mom says, hey, don't read flowers in the attic. And you're like, OK. And then you immediately try to find it. Uh, Yeah. Don't be in the bathroom naked together. Uh, <laughs> guess what I'm going to do first. Was that one of the rules? One of the rules was to be modest in the bathroom. Yeah. So <laughs> basically it was to... Boys with Only, boys, girls, yeah, girls with, with girls. girls. You yeah. could never be in the bathroom with a member of the opposite sex. In fact, I don't think you should even be looking at a member of the opposite sex, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly. Don't make eye contact with uh, boys. And guess who starts uh, being in there during bath time together very quickly? Uh, Ooh, it takes know. a while. It ta- Well, it takes a while, but yeah, we've 
every, it, one thing. But see, the things that lead to that are caused by the grandmother herself. Right. So the grandmother walks in one time, and I think Kathy is like brushing her hair, and she's just like, "You're so proud of that hair, right? Mm-hmm. You just love that long blonde <laughs> hair." And does Kathy mouth off to her or something, or do something that makes her mad? She basically always mouths off. Yes. To her. <laughs> so one night she wakes up. And she complains that her body feels really heavy, but her head also feels like it's stuck and she can't move. And she lifts her hands up and touches her head and realizes it's tar. Tar, There is tar in her hair. And the grandmother, this is how the grandmother starves them, remember? She's like, I will bring you food when you cut off your hair. And then she puts tar in it (laughs) (laughs) to force them to cut off Kathy's hair because it's prideful. That seems like cheating, by the way. If you're going to force her to do a hunger strike, don't also put the tar in her hair. Like, do one or the other. Yeah. So Chris spends there. I think they were already on. They were already being starved at this point, right? Because she still hadn't cut her hair. Mm -hmm. And so Chris spends all day with Kathy in the bathroom trying to get that tar out of her hair. So I think some of the things, and I don't, I don't remember if they were hanging out together in there before yet or not. I can't mm-hmm. remember. But I think some of the things that she actually does to punish them lead to their closeness and their behavior. Like, you know, whipping them. Yeah, maybe stop whipping these children. Well, first she whips the mother. The mother. To show them this could happen to After you. she lays down the rules, I feel like a couple days later when the kids are, have been told, oh, it'll be a week or a month now. <laughs> she brings the mother up. And makes the mother show them where she had whipped her to make her pay for her sins in front of the grandfather, correct? Yes. And she's like, disrobe to the mother after she just keeps demanding not to look. Hey, boys, don't look at women's bodies. Yes, right. But hey, take off your clothes. Take off your clothes. This is a woman who we were told is beautiful and curvy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Constantly. Um, Oh, all the time. How curvy we talking? Heather, she's Heather Graham in the movie. Yeah, Heather Graham plays the mom in the Lifetime That's movie. That's not curvy. Okay, well, God. <laughs> so, um, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, so I found it. Um, so the mother's punishment for running away with the half, half-uncle, who is her grandfather's half-brother. Mm-hmm. So convoluted. Her father's half-brother. The punishment is that the grandmother whips her, and I wrote it down. She has 33 lashes for each year that she's been alive. Dear God. And then another 15 lashes for each year that she lived with her husband in sin. Doubling up on those lashes. So she takes off her shirt and shows them all these lashes, and it is horrifying. Could you imagine? And the twins are already terrified of this lady. The twins are how old at this point? They're like, yeah, yeah. Four or five. These are like little babies basically yeah. so imagine being a baby and seeing like your mother take off her shirt and show you where she's been whipped all up and down her body just these and then being told this could be you too yeah yeah so better not uh go to the bathroom with your uh, little brother and so it's after that that they learn though that their dad was actually their mom's half uncle it's after that that their mom tells them the story because all she had told them before was oh i ran away with a man against your grandparents' wishes. Yeah. And they disowned me. But then you find out really why. And there's a line that I wrote down that the mom said that I thought was kind of funny. And I want to read it to you guys. She says when she first meets her half-uncle who becomes her lover, she says, I was 14 years old, and that is an age when a girl just begins to feel her power over men. I don't know what world this is. <laughs> As a 13-year-old girl, <laughs> that was insane to me because I think at this point, not only was I reading this book, but there's a possibility that I was still playing with Barbies. It was that in-between time when you're like 12 or 13, and so you're trying to like ease into being a teenager. But you, that pen 15 time. Yeah, 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 it yeah. It really yeah. is. It's such a horrible, awkward time. You're like, oh, man, only one more year till I get my power. <laughs> I know, I was like, whoa. <laughs> can't wait for that that's objectively the worst age because you you can't uh you feel you can't enjoy the things if if you still enjoy those things like toys or uh barbies or that kind of thing you feel like everyone else is moving on without you mm-hmm. 
And I just want to collect baseball cards still. Yeah, but then it's part of you that's like, but I'm reading Flowers in the Attic, so I'm totally grown up now. Still a, I'm also a bad girl. Yeah, like, I mean, come on. But I thought that was really funny. I was 14 years old. Like, I don't know. I want to pretend. I just never. I still don't feel like I have I, any power over men. I, <laughs> With I, any kind of sexuality. I, I'm trying to think of how to word this. <laughs> I, I think what she's telling her is this when men start behaving creepily towards you. you know because I mean? you're like, developing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just a weird way to say it. Yeah, I guess. I guess it's someone who has and also not, total not good confidence advice. in their body at this point, too. Like someone who's like, I'm pretty hot. Yeah. I never I'm Heather had Graham. That. I never had that in my life. So good job, Mom. But I also I think I feel more like the grandma. Who at one point tells Kathy, um, this is maybe my, I think grandma's actually kind of wise in some ways. Because she tells Kathy, fool, never wait on a man. Make him wait on himself. Yes, grandma. (laughs) That's not bad advice. Nope, not at all. That's actually pretty smart. Um, But I also think it's interesting how the grandmother thinks that the men are the ones who are born knowing evil and not women. When I feel like in Christianity, it's kind of taught that women are the sinful ones. That men are the uh, the innocent. The Sam. I think we talked about this on a different, maybe? I'm not going to say anything like that they're innocent, but like usually you're taught that women introduce sin into the world, right? Like That, that yeah, Adam... Temptresses. That Adam and Samson were kind of lovable doofuses. Like... Samson's just like uh, they were king, king Chris, of queens type. Chris Hemsworth, like just okay. I have beautiful long hair, and this very pretty lady keeps trying to trick me into giving up my powers. Or mm-hmm. that Adam wouldn't have sinned if it wasn't for this evil uh, uh, Eve. Yeah, but in this, in here, she says, um, I can't remember what they're talking about, but she goes, "Ask your older brother; he'll know what I mean." The male of the species is born knowing everything evil. And I like that. I think she's right. I think. Were we, though? I'm still learning evil. Like. I had to figure <laughs> evil out as I went. I, did, I, uh, I wasn't born with it. I didn't learn it until uh, uh, women develop power at 14 over men. Yeah. Men learn all evil at 14. Oh, okay. I think that's the difference. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's the power we gain is just like knowing all evil. I learned evil about. 13, 14 in the shower. Okay. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, never look back. Yeah. I guess a lot of time in this book is just really spent. Did you feel claustrophobic at all in the book? Did V.C. Andrews do that well? I thought she, I thought it was pretty good. Like, that's another thing I like in books is when you feel like stuck (laughs) or claustrophobic. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I thought that, I thought she did that pretty effectively. Like, she sends them out sometimes on little, like, they sneak away from the attic sometimes. Well, I think the first time they sneak away is the Christmas party. Yeah. Which Kathy later reenacts um, in uh, Petals on the Wind. But we'll get to that in that podcast. <laughs> By the way, just a side note, we're recording these out of order. So I feel so. <laughs> um, but we had a special guest for our uh, Petals on the Wind episode. And so we had to record it early so he could do something he needed to do and. So and what you, you can, needed to do was yeah. have dinner with my family, which I which I am not doing because <laughs> I'm bad boy. I'm I'm the bad son. <laughs> bad boy. Um, but yeah, I mean, eventually they uh, start laying out on the attic to get some sun. On, I'm not laying out in the attic, laying on the roof. They discover like they oh, can get sunbathing out sunbathing. Yeah, they're sunbathing. Uh, the didn't twins put, won't. did not put it on the list. Didn't say do not specifically sunbathe. She did not say that. Maybe it's a should loophole. Have. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think she might well, have said. Don't, Don't take off your clothes. Room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that might have been. There one might of the be a rules. couple other. Yeah. But um, and they make a rope ladder to get down, but they decide to never use it again because Kathy has a hard time getting back up. Am I right? Mm-hmm. She almost yeah. falls. Um. So there are a few times that they get out. They do some skinny dipping. I'll tell you that. Yeah, they do skinny what? dip. Yep. Um. But most of the time, it's just them in the attic. They are eating gross food. They are. Making arts and crafts. <laughs> watching uh, TV. Watching TV. Um, Chris apparently just reads encyclopedias. So Chris is a genius, basically. Mm-hmm. Like, in the next book, at one point, she yells at him, go read Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> like, because he eventually becomes a doctor. Uh, or goes to med school. 
And I feel like the two youngest kids, their brain is just turning to jello. Oh, those poor kids. Because they just sit and watch TV and they don't go outside. Well, they're terrified of going outside after a while. Yeah. Because I think they try to bring them on the roof to sunbathe because they are getting, like, they're not gaining weight. They're not growing. And Kathy's theory is because they're not getting enough fresh air and sunlight. And they need those things to grow. And so they try to bring them out on the roof so they can at least get in the sun and the twins freak out. It's it's almost like what would happen if, I don't know, you tried to grow some flowers, but you you put them in an attic away from sunlight. Yeah. That's all. (laughs) Okay. Now I'm starting to get it. Yeah, it's all coming together. Does it make sense now? (laughs) But yeah, it is it is like a plant theory of uh, of raising children. This is why you're not tall. Yeah. Well, later on that causes issues. They are malnourished. Yeah. And you do need vitamin D. Yeah. Uh, is someone bringing them a daily vitamin? The diet probably has a lot more to do with it than the sunshine. Yeah. Well, don't don't judge a, uh, uh, what is she, a 15-year-old girl. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, well she's I, not in charge of the food. Well, why isn't the doctor kid trying to figure it out? Like, he does later. Yeah. Okay. We'll get to that. He's got a big like, brain. Yeah. <laughs> but he spends, and he also makes a, bal- uh, like a, an area where Kathy can practice ballet. So he puts like a bar up so she can do her exercises. Mom buys her a record player so she can uh, dance to Swan Lake or whatever. I don't know. They get good gifts. Yeah. I will say, when mom comes back. They get some nice stuff. Yeah. They're getting European gifts. They're getting fancy maple leaf chocolates. Or, sorry, (laughs) uh, maple leaf uh, candies. What is the gift that he gets mad about? Chris? Yeah. When she comes back from Europe. Or maybe she gets mad about it. I think Kathy gets mad because none of the clothes fit. Because the mom is still buying them clothes that... Uh, Hasn't seen these kids in a million years. Yeah, well, she just doesn't accept the fact that they're growing. Right. They're right? Can, like for, right? Well, for her, it's like they're still the same age. Because she right. doesn't want... I think she's delusional. And she doesn't want to face the facts that her kids have been up here for two years. And Kathy <laughs> has breasts now. Kathy has her period now. Um, you know, Chris is measuring his penis in the bathroom i mean there's all kinds of stuff going on and she doesn't want to she still thinks of them as children as like the the 12 year old girl she brought up there yeah and so like the dresses don't fit and also she brings them like inappropriate gifts like kathy gets like see-through lingerie (laughs) that she wears around her horny creepy brother you know i mean they're trying to make some things happen. The adults are trying to make some shit. Happen. I think this might be like a they social experiment. This is a YouTube video, social experiment. Put 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 brother and sister in uh Tell uh, them attic. not to use the bathroom together. <laughs> give this give her give sexy the daughter lingerie. lingerie <laughs> yeah. See what happens. I think somewhere someone is recording this, and I think that's the big shame. It's kind of like the twist in uh uh wait, what was the movie? Three identical strangers? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. When you, yeah. Uh, spoiler alert Spoilers, for three yeah. identical strangers. <laughs> Sorry about that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I think that if there was another. Uh, the uh, the twist in that is that all the brothers uh, have sex. <laughs> 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 but not with each other. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. That's accurate. All right. Yeah. So anyhow. Wow. 47 minutes, huh? Is that where we're at? Yeah. Oh, okay. God. Wrap it up, Josh. You've been blathering on and on. Well, I had a lot to say earlier about... uh, So anyway, the first night... Twitch. I wrote in my notes, I wrote, puberty always wins. And it reminds... Okay, so here's what happens, basically. Is Kathy and Chris are normal teenagers, and they get normal teenage desires. And they have a plan to leave the house, because they realize that no one's... gypsy... The act theory all over again. Yes, it is. Exactly. So they have a plan for they're going to escape the house. So they begin. Chris somehow steals a key while their mother is there. Makes a impression, makes an impression of the key in a bar of soap and makes a wooden copy of this key that they can get in and out. And it's a master key. It will unlock every door in the Foxworth mansion. So. They start leaving their room at night to steal money 
from their mom who just leaves cash laying around, right? One night, I think, is Chris staying with Corey because Corey is sick? And Kathy goes out on her own. And when she steps into her mother's room, she sees the magnificent swan bed, which we haven't <laughs> talked much about, but there's a great swan bed. Um, and she sees her mother's new husband, her stepfather, kind of dozing on like a chaise lounge or something, right? And she walks up to him, and for some reason she can't explain, she kisses him. And then she's like, oh, crap, and runs back upstairs, basically. <laughs> and a few nights later, Chris goes by himself, and I think he, does he eavesdrop? Is this how he finds out about the kiss? The parents walk in maybe while he's, yeah, and he's hiding in the closet. And the parents walk in, so he hides. So it's his mom and the stepfather. And they're talking about, one, how they think the servants of the mansion are stealing their money because money is missing now. And then the mother says something about the young girl who came and gave him a kiss or something and describes it. And it's Kathy. And he comes back upstairs and he says... You're mine, Kathy. Mine. You'll always be mine. No matter who comes into your future, you'll always belong to me. I'll make you mine tonight. Now. And he rapes his sister. Like, I think that was rape. Am I correct in reading it that way? Yeah, I think you could just read those lines you said before. And uh, and I think can confirm that. I think as like a 12 or 13 year old, I didn't see it that way because I was dumb. It seems like a romance. It does. And... And it seems like passionate. Like, that's what you think passion is, right? Like, right. they're just going to take you and you're going to like it. Because you've seen the cover of, like, all those bodice rippers where there's, like, a big man just, like, grabbing you. Yeah. Well, that and you also, like, when you're a child, you don't realize the nuances of, um, I guess, consent. I, I don't know what I'm trying mm -hmm. to say here. Yeah. But you think of rape when you're a child as basically just... Stranger rape. Uh, a man wearing a black mask on his face, jumping out of the bushes. Exactly. Yeah. When you're walking into your house or yeah. something with yeah, groceries. Yeah. yeah. You don't think that it's this hot, hunky brother, you know? So it was kind of difficult to read that as an adult. Like, I will say that scene was really hard to get through. And it's also, reading these, it's hard to know author intent. <laughs> like, I know the author, in literary theory, the author's dead and none of that matters. But... It is, I don't know what V.C. Andrews thinks about any of this, reading these. Yeah. And I don't know if anyone could tell you, because she's been dead yeah. since 1986. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, Kathy's retort to this is, um, well, after, there's, there's basically, you see this pattern of abuse in her life. And you see it, it seems like it's very, um, it happens even at this young age, where her brother rapes her. And then immediately apologizes and says, oh, God, don't hate me. I love you. Like a typical abuser. Mm -hmm. Like they know that they did something wrong. Right. And then Kathy basically just does what most victims do and blames herself. Right. And also. And that's her pattern in herself. the next it book is. as well. It is her pattern. Yeah. And so she says, you didn't rape me. I could have stopped you if I'd really wanted to. And she goes, it was my fault, too. So basically saying it was her fault because one. Um, she says, I should have known better than to kiss mama's handsome young husband. <laughs> and I shouldn't have worn skimpy little see-through garments around a brother who had all a man's strong physical needs and a brother who was always so frustrated by everything and everyone. So basically, she's blaming herself because of what she wore. But who bought her the skimpy see-through stuff? Mom. The mama who's running some crazy experiment Diabolical shit. Um, so basically, after that, Things start moving pretty quickly in the book after this because... It's a very V.C. Andrews thing. It it's is. Like, it's okay, like, well, I've set this up. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah. So basically what happens is for 200 pages, they're stuck in an attic doing nothing. In the last 100, like things start happening, yeah. right? Um, so after Chris rapes his sister, Kathy, um, Corey gets sick. We haven't spent a lot of time talking about Corey or Carrie, the twins. Who cares about him? They're basically... Well, no one, no actually. One. They're basically <laughs> just tossed off characters. Even yeah. Carrie in the second book is just kind of... She gets two chapters, you know, that are about her, really. Um, and in this book, even the mother, <laughs> and I wrote poor Carrie next to it, and I wrote the <laughs> quote down, um, but it's the mother talking after her long absence, which you find out she was honeymooning with her new husband, but we didn't know that at the time. 
But after the long absence, this is what she says about her children. Um, she says, the day he dies, referring to her father, I'll come up and unlock your door and lead you down the stairs. I'll have enough money then to send all four of you to college and Chris to medical school. And you, Kathy, you can continue on with your ballet lessons. I'll find for Corey the best of musical teachers. And for Carrie, I'll do anything she wants. Poor Carrie. Like, <laughs> never, <laughs> never gets a lot of... Just nothing really assigned to her. She's yeah. just when she there. develops the personality, I'll think of something to, uh, <laughs> to go with that. Yeah, Corey's the musical one. He has a little banjo and piano. Yeah. But anyway. I'll I... buy her the biggest TV there is. And she can <laughs> just rot her brain watching Poor it. Poor Carrie. I'll just turn to the static channel and let her sit there. And... Yeah. But, of course, it's the interesting twin who falls ill. Right. Um, And that's when we, I guess Chris gets in a panic, decides to steal anything he can so they can get out of there soon because Corey's sick. And eventually what happens is he becomes so sick that he's vomiting nonstop. Um, they call the grandmother in. The grandmother sees him, calls the mother in. So Corinne and the grandmother take Corey and those children never see him again. They're told he dies, that he had pneumonia. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Chris is like, we have to get out of here now. But I want to point out that Kathy said something earlier about 150 pages earlier when they sneak out to go skinny dipping she says we should get the twins and just run away right now right now right now (laughs) and i wrote listen to women (laughs) in all caps right next to that because chris is like we're fine grandpa will die soon you're crazy kathy mom loves us listen Listen to women, please. I'm doing it right now. So it's not until Corey freaking dies that Chris is like, yeah, maybe we should get our asses out of here. Yeah. Goes, sneaks out with his uh, wooden key, and he realizes that the room is empty. His mother's room is empty. They have moved out. So it is just the grandparents (laughs) and the kids up in the attic now. The mom and her new husband are gone. They are no longer living in the mansion. So he has nothing to steal from there. And he tries to steal jewelry. The only thing that's left is uh, he finds in her nice hand drawer, I think, a photo of their father and their wedding rings, which he takes those two things. Um, He tries to rob the grandmother. She is still awake. And he tries to rob the grandfather's room. And the room is empty. You know why? The grandfather's been dead for like six months. Big twist. Big twist. Yep. Uh, actually, I think it was almost a year is what I have written here. Shyamalan shit right just, there. Yeah, yeah, he just walked up to the bed and there was just a giant death certificate on <laughs> <laughs> So he hears someone coming. It's the servants. He hides under a couch and listens to them, number one, as they do it. <laughs> oh <my> God, what? <laughs> the, uh, V.C. Andrews is never not horny. <laughs> that's, that's the thing you need to understand about her. So he listens, he's hiding, the servants do it, and but they're also gossiping, you know, pre and post while pillow talk. While they do it. No, not while talking, they do it. They're no, just shit. talking shit but while they, they talk about <laughs> they talk about how there's a mouse infestation in the attic because the grandmother is carrying up baskets of food that is laced with arsenic. And it's like, oh, ding dong, something goes off in uh, Chris's head. Oh, they're poisoning us. So they immediately just go up, he grabs them, and they get out. Correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just get the hell out of yeah. there, basically. I think there's a confrontation. Does Maybe grandma- we should stop eating this poison. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think grandma tries to stop them. Yeah. But they lock her because she's claustrophobic. So they just leave her in, like, the, the attic stairway. Another heavily foreshadowed thing yeah. is, like, I'm... Grandma is so afraid of being uh, locked in places. Yeah. So that's how they get what out, What is the basically, worst thing that could happen they, to her? Yeah. So they do that. They take what few possessions they have, and they get out of there. Um, they lug out that TV. <laughs> the TV stays. So does the beautiful dollhouse that uh, Carrie is gifted. But she takes a couple little uh, people with her and a little baby, which is also tied into the next book when another girl torments her and steals them. Um, so that's basically the whole book. I think we got through it all. I don't know what else to say, but I love this book. Um, <laughs> and I, I know for a fact a lot of other women did, too, of my age. And they're far more successful than I am. So, you know, they're, they're published. <laughs> so you're right? saying it doesn't destroy people? It doesn't so destroy like it, people. No. Just me. So basically, after this book, V.C. Andrews published the rest of these books. She also published My Sweet Audrina, 
And then she died. She had breast cancer and she passed away. So those books, anything she wrote post Dollinganger were written by someone else. It was a man. Andrew Niederman. Andrew Niederman. <laughs> and he is not the uh, real writer, but he just recently outed himself. I think like maybe a few years ago, maybe. But he wrote all the other reasons, not the Dollinganger series, maybe part of Garden of Shadows, which is a prequel. There are so many series. There's the Castile family series, mm -hmm. the Cutlers, mm -hmm. the Landrys, the mm -hmm. Logan family series, the Orphan miniseries, the Wildflower miniseries, mm -hmm. the Hudson family series, mm -hmm. uh, the Shooting Star series, <laughs> <laughs> the De Beers family series, the Broken Wings series, the Gemini series, the Shadow series. The, the fuck are all these people? The Early Spring series, the Secret, the Secret series. Ooh, also. He Which also is, wrote two books that are discovered diaries of Christopher. So it's basically the flowers in the attic stories that are told from Christopher's point of view as a diary. Did I order those last night on Amazon? <laughs> no. Yes, I did. Does that mean I have freedom? No, no, no. This is okay. this is for me. I'm a completist. I got to complete the series. Uh, My sister's looking hotter and hotter every day now. <laughs> Mom just bought her this new Teddy. Okay. Oh, God. Uh, he also has a series called the Delilah series, just to know how subtle this guy yeah. is. <laughs> apparently, he's, though, he's he written can like really, 70 books. Yeah, and apparently he can really mimic, plus his own books. He wrote the book that the uh, Al Pacino, Keanu Reeves hit movie, Devil's Advocate, is based on. Is oh, wow. Yeah. Um, so he also writes his own books. But he um, he... Apparently can mimic her her writing style, just mm -hmm. that kind of histrionic gothic style of writing. Um, but I'm pretty excited about Christopher's diaries. I'm not gonna lie, <laughs> I will give you some more insight on those maybe uh, when we talk about the books later on in the series because we're gonna finish all these books. So that you know what Christopher's thoughts are on some of these things whenever I uh, get to those. Pretty I feel excited. like I feel like Christopher's diaries gonna be even more gross. Oh God, they're gonna especially because be it's being written now. Ugh. Now, um, I also, I've never read the Twilight series, which I think we bring up in every episode <laughs> so far of our podcast. Um, we always reference Twilight. I've never read them, but I'm going to call this my Twilight. Because, okay, that is fair. Yeah. I, I think for most girls of the 80s and 90s, it was kind of like our Twilight where we, I don't know, it was like what we thought love would be, Look, right? Look, we're, we're just shipping these brother and sister. That's what we did. Um, I ship hard. And as I've made a lot of uh, uh, YouTube mashup videos of uh, scenes from uh, the movies of them set to uh, Five for Fighting songs. <laughs> <laughs> I pull. haven't even thought of that band. What was their hit? <laughs> I don't remember. It just seems like the kind of thing when people post like those, like, like the Frey, the Jim and oh, the Frey's good too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got a Jim and Pam uh, supercut. You need to see. <laughs> Uh, okay, so I was talking earlier and I kind of lost train of thought because I looked at my notes the wrong way. So we're talking about like the influence of this book. And there's definitely a big influence on a lot of uh, contemporary female writers. Jillian um, Flynn, who wrote Gone Girl, Sharp Objects. Um, Meg Abbott, who wrote uh, The Fever. I think it's Dare Me, one of her books. I've never read her, actually. I like her. I think you would. Um they were big fans of uh, V.C. Andrews, especially this book. Uh, Jillian says she described it as hyper-gothic female evil. Like, she was really drawn to that because that was something that we just never saw. Um, and she said she still reads Flowers in the Attic once a year if she's between books. Um, Meg Abbott says that she loves these books because they're willing to go to all the dark places. By the time that V.C. Andrews had died in 1986 from breast cancer, she had sold 24 million books. Which is insane to think about. Uh, now there's a hundred uh, sold more than one hundred six million. That's crazy. Yeah, and a lot of the reason I think that this book stuck out to a lot of girls, maybe, is not necessarily the sex, or just that kind of, I don't know. I don't want to say romanticized ideal of being locked like in an attic, <laughs> far away the from dream. the evils the of the world and the people who are horrible to you in school, um, like I would have been, but. Um, is the female anger, which we kind of briefly touched upon. And my note, I wrote, was Kathy the first riot girl? Which is probably definitely not accurate. But she definitely was the only one who, one, since what was coming, did not trust her mother and would 
talk back to her mother, to her grandmother. She would even yell at her brother. Like she had a lot of rage and anger that I think a lot of young women feel when they're trapped in certain roles or at certain ages that they don't know how to express. And I think that reading Kathy, reading this character and, and her anger really stuck out to me too, which was something I didn't consider. But I did like how she was the was actually the really smart, brave one who knew what was going on the whole time, did not trust anything, and raged against it. Like, I don't know what else to say but on that. But do you have any thoughts on that at all? No, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> do you have an equivalent? Um, is there anything you could think of? Pause. Was that, is uh, that Papa John's? Uh, no, no, God, no. Okay, we are so, not a Papa John's so house. My pizza, yes, my personal pizza, just for me, uh, has arrived. So you have less than five minutes to wrap this thing up. Please don't leave this in the podcast. <laughs> it's funny. It's charming. Like when Ben, the producer, some local color <laughs> tells the uh, tells the guys that they got to wrap up. My pizza's here, and I'm a hungry boy. <laughs> okay, so uh, in conclusion. I love this book. I liked it a lot. <laughs> I, I was surprised how much I enjoyed it. Yeah. I don't know why, but I love when people are mean to kids. I, I think it holds up. <laughs> uh, there's some, you know, sexist and creepy stuff in there, but I think it still holds up. I yeah. like it. I like it a lot. And I'm grateful for it because if we didn't have this, we wouldn't have had, I don't know, Gone Girl, Twilight? Fifty Shades? I've never read those books. I've read Fifty Shades. Here. Um, did you read the whole series? No. Just I had to read book. the first one for a book. I've seen all the movies, which I think the, uh, the second movie is a trash masterpiece. I think it's great. Wow. And the third one was one of those disappointing movies. I've Can seen. I tell you that I only saw the first one? I rented it on a girls' night with my friend uh, Charlene and Casey. And there was one point where I think it was like one of the, one of the sex scenes that were supposed to be sexy. And I looked around and everybody was on their phone. Like, no one was paying it's, attention to the movie. I don't think they're sexy movies. But... But they're supposed to which be. Which is, like, the opposite of, yeah, of I, what it should be. I would say that the second one is very similar to something like uh, Flowers in the Air, where it's just, like, just a nuts plot that's just, like, going on. And stepmothers are coming out of the woodwork and... Uh, <laughs> It, I don't know. It's I highly recommend it. Okay. But the third one's really bad. Yeah. Okay. I remember that. I think that's probably the same with Flowers in the Attic. First one, great. Second one, not as great. Third one's coming back? I can't remember. Okay, because I have to read it. Yeah. I actually <laughs> kind of enjoyed the the movie, um, the Lifetime, because Lifetime did all four of these movies. And I kind of enjoyed the third movie, but I think a lot of this because I'd forgotten so much that had happened. In the books that it was like it was a nice a refresher. Yeah. yeah. Like I was surprised by it. So I would recommend this. If someone was like, hey, Jessica, should I read Flowers in the Attic? I would say, yeah. I would too. Well, what I would say if someone came into the bookstore and said, do you recommend this? I would say, how old are you? <laughs> <laughs> and if they showed me their ID yeah. and they they could get into an R-rated movie, I yeah. would say go for it. Yeah. But also, I want anyone's. I once sold like an eight-year-old a Deadpool comic. Like, Didn't you sell like a little girl Lolita recently? Oh no! Uh, Cut her mic! Cut her mic! <laughs> <laughs> I read that. Honestly, I Cut read this Lolita. Bozo off. Get her out of here. <laughs> I read Lolita when I was pretty young, and I regret it because I don't think I understood it the way it was meant to be understood. Probably not. Yeah. I I, I read it when that creepy Jeremy Irons movie came out. Oh, like 93 or something like that? No, that was more like 96. You're like, okay. mm, Jeremy Irons. I, guys, you know, I love Jeremy Irons. <laughs> He's really hot. Anyway, uh, maybe I do understand why Kathy got it with Dr. Paul. If he looked like Jeremy Irons and I say, <laughs> get it, that's what I have to say. Um, but to wrap this up, our producer's hungry. He wants his pizza. We've prattled <laughs> on and on about sadistic grandmothers and neglectful, selfish, greedy mothers. No, I'm the one being starved. Attic girl. Oh god, <laughs> it's like a, it's like torture over here. Whatever. So uh, there's no arsenic in it. Our next book is Petals on the Wind, which is the second book in the Dollinganger series. We're gonna do all these for our summer reading series. We do have a special guest for the next episode. I don't know how it went because <laughs> 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 we already recorded it, and I think it, it was, was just great. as 
I think it was just as bonkers as the book. That's what I'm going to say. I want to thank producer Blake for uh, recording our podcast and for our theme song. You can listen to his music. Just Google more of that. I bet there's a SoundCloud out there somewhere, right? More of that.bandcamp.com. SoundCloud? (laughs) There is a SoundCloud. Okay, good. Nobody needs to know. Okay. Um, and you can follow our Instagram account at Are You There Pod on Instagram. So until next time, see you later, Attic Girls. On you.